Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. On today's show, it's a beautiful Wednesday. We got Mo Lindquist, head coach of the University of Buffalo, but he said something about KJ Osborne, current Vikings receiver, that made me think: like, is this guy a franchise receiver? We'll talk about that next. Coming up on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Uh, super excited about today's show because Mo Linquist, uh, he's a friend of mine, but he also was a former Gophers coach. He was a former Dallas Cowboys coach, and, and he and I connected again then because they came back and played the uh, Vikings. Uh, we all remember that Dallas Cowboys-Vikings game at U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, but Mo was a part of that. Um, and I'm excited to talk to him, though, about college football specifically, the sport of college football. There's a lot going on. They're talking about making players employees now because the NIL numbers are getting crazy for some of these guys getting three and a half million, a million. Uh, and they're like, how, how should we just make these guys employees? Because that's why the NCAA wants to control it. They're losing control of the players, but we got a head coach that's going to join us and talk about that. Also, he has some stories about because KJ Osborne played from Khalil or not played for him, played at the University of Buffalo, and then Khalil Mack as well. So uh, we know PJ Fleck has a, had a big impact on him, and he's now a head coach. And so we're going to talk to him about how he handled his his alumni as well. Coming up next on the Ryan Johnson Show. But remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to get started today. And don't forget about that no sweat first bet. For me, it worked. So you just have to, when you get that 150 or whatever your no sweat first bet is, whatever your deal is, make sure you look at some games that you feel like. And and mine was close. I took the, the Denver Nuggets five and a half over the uh, Lakers. They barely pulled it out. They were up by three at the end and ended up winning by six. So I end up winning. Uh, so I'm looking forward to placing a couple more bets when I head back down to Iowa. Uh, but again, I'm Ron Johnson. Now we're going to bring my producer in, Sam Ekstrom, on today's show. Because, Sam, we got to talk about this. Uh, it's football season, kind of. Uh, I've heard some, uh, some, some, some speech on some of the big networks. Um, and one of them made a comment about how football tries to dominate the news cycle every month of the year. And I'm like, you know what? It, you're right. They do. They do. They have all these league owner meetings. Uh, they have all these player association meetings. Uh, that, they they want to dominate. They want to dominate. They. I don't know if you ever remember the commercial, Sam, uh, the Kobe Bryant commercial. If you haven't, Google it. Because I know you haven't seen a lot of movies, Sam, so you probably haven't seen this Kobe commercial. But maybe you have. But it's the Kobe series commercials. And it was the Kobe um, system. That's what it was. The Kobe Bryant system. Uh, was to create winners, and it was a pyramid. Mm -hmm. And then it went past the pyramid, though, because everybody has a pyramid. And so you have at the bottom, you have your base, you have your building, you have this, this. And then when you get to the top, it's like, well, what's next? And then Kobe has dotted lines that keep going. And that was it was hilarious when you watch the commercial because, like, Kanye West was in it. Uh, we'll have to maybe play these Friday and talk about some of the greatest uh, athletes in their commercials. I think Kobe is the greatest in commercials, but uh, – because we know we, we've had like Devin Booker in them. And D'Angelo Russell's was actually pretty funny. We'll talk about that on Friday, too. Okay. Uh, okay. Commercials because D'Angelo uh, Russell's was pretty funny. Maybe we'll have you pull them up on YouTube, do a picture and picture. And, and so the fans can hear it for those watching on YouTube can see it. Uh, so we thank all of our partners, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartMedia, wherever you're getting uh, consuming your podcast. We thank you for uh, viewing. Uh, but Sam, Kobe Bryant had a thing where, he, you know, he, he talks about after you get to the top, What's next? And then it's the Kobe system. It's dominate. Because like Jerry Rice was on there and he talked about, well, I'm retired, Kobe. He's like, well, dominate retirement. Dominate uh, uh, toast in the morning. Dominate bagels. Dominate sleep. Dominate REM sleep. Dominate naps. And he goes on and Jerry Rice is looking around like, what is Kobe Bryant talking about? And then Kanye does the same thing. And he's like, Kanye West, sometimes I'm, you sold all these records. He's like, yeah. He's like, but I need more. He's like, but Kobe, I, I, I went platinum. He's like, more. He's like, but I went double platinum. He's like, more. He's like, but but I'm the best. 
He was like, exactly. He was like, what the are you talking about, Kobe Bryant? <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And so Kanye, and then there's like Aziz Ansari. Um, there's this this uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he's an Asian. Like I don't know if he's a super rock star. There was uh, Serena Williams. Uh, there was the the guy that does the uh the the he used to be the super motivated guy with the big face, the big strong chin. Can't think of his name. Mr. T. No white guy. Oh. Um, <laughs> he did like all those super motivational talks. But anyway, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Yep, Tony Robbins is in as well. So anyway, it was a, it was a it was a commercial to sell Kobe Bryant's shoe. Uh, the Kobe Bryant system was the shoe too. The shoe was a system, and uh, I talked about how to be great. But speaking of that, that's that's what the NFL tries to do. They try to they 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 they've watched Kobe Bryant's commercials too, and they're like, let's dominate the offseason. Let's dominate the headlines. Let's dominate the news. Let's dominate Twitter. We can dominate Instagram because why? Because the NFL just continues to pump out more rules. When the rules change, they dominate because everybody's pissed off now about kickoff returns. Everybody's pissed off about this. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of people are pissed off about this third quarterback situation because they're like, oh, if the 49ers had a third quarterback, they would have been in the Super Bowl. So now everybody's pissed off about that. So there's all kinds. I don't even know if you saw this, Sam, but George Kittle was butt naked with a pineapple. Like he's in a commercial selling chubby. Oh, yeah. what? He's butt naked with a pineapple covering his junk. That's it. So he's trying to dominate the headlines. You got Tom Brady butt naked in his underwear. Like, well, he wasn't butt naked. He's in his underwear at least. This guy, George Kittle, was butt naked. Now, I don't know if it's CGI and they kind of airbrushed out his underwear, but he's walking in butt naked. So the dude went butt naked. So that's what Iowa tight ends do. Uh, that's that's why we hate Iowa because their tight ends are, are – are, hold, hold on now. Don't the, don't the Vikings have an Iowa tight end that we like? Yeah, they do. TJ Hawkinson. Uh, we hate Iowa because of the butt nakedness, but we don't hate Iowa when TJ Hawkinson's involved. So there we go. Uh, we we love Iowa around any kind of fruit. We loved the- Iowa though when Amir yeah. Smith Marset fumbled the ball against the uh, Bears. We did love Iowa then. So you know they 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 have their moments. I love Chad Greenway. You know, like hey, they they have their moments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Sam, as we jump into this show, uh, about three or four more minutes before we jump over to Coach uh, Mo Linquist joining us on the Ron Johnson Show. As far as the NFL dominating, here's another one. OTAs. What did you see from the Vikings? Hey, our guy Zach Ogile was on the uh, on the practice field with the twos, catching some checkdowns, catching some touchdowns. Uh, I like oh. to see him running around. Go back and check out that interview with Zach Ogile, the new backup fullback from yesterday. Um, but I think the, the commentary about the two big wide receivers was interesting and more about the guys that weren't participating than the guys that were Mm. Um, Jordan Addison missed another practice. We asked coach O'Connell about it. And he said that he got banged up at the end of rookie Uh, mini camp. And that's something that's been lingering. And I guess there's a little concern, Ron, he is undersized about 175. uh, did have a little tweak during the combine. Now he's got another thing that that's flared up. Is there some injury concern with, with Addison? I think Mm. that's one big talker. And then secondly, no Justin Jefferson. We asked about where he is, and we didn't really get a firm commitment from Kevin O'Connell about where he is. Uh, We assume it's contract-related, but we didn't really get an idea when he would be returning. So, so Ron, do you have concerns either about Addison's injury or about Justin Jefferson's – I know it's it's optional right now, but quote-unquote holdout. Uh, no, I'm not concerned about Justin Jefferson because I mean, honestly, yes, I understand wanting uh, a, a contract, but at the same time, you're going to get $19 million because they picked up your option. Uh, now for a guy like that, for a guy like me, that's a ton of money for most 99% of America. That's a ton of money. Uh, but for a guy that says, you know, instead of playing for 20 million, I can play for a guarantee and have 120 million guaranteed, 150 million, maybe get maybe fully guaranteed contract. So if I get hurt, I'm can, I'm I'm good. Um, I understand that. Like I can understand that. So I'm not I'm not super concerned about just Jefferson. Now Jordan Addison, a little bit, uh, because we I feel like this is the same song and dance we've seen before. Uh, rookies nagging injury training camp shows up and it's worse than they thought oh you got to have surgery you got to have something scoped out um so yeah so i'm a little concerned because of what you said like people try to downplay the whole weight thing and devonta smith he did make it a whole season healthy but that's the thing it's 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 boom or bust for for guys of that size that frame uh it could just be a soft tissue injury though he said he got banged up so soft tissue soft soft tissue injuries are the worst um and so that could be part of it too. Maybe it's just make let's get it back fully healthy. 
let's not tweak it again. Um, because if we tweak it, it could be worse. And this could go on until week, you know, two, three into the start of the season where you're still trying to nurse whatever it is, whether it's a quad, a hamstring, a calf, um, some of the worst injuries, like those soft tissues are the worst. Now bones are bad, uh, but we know they heal soft tissue sometimes is bad because you don't really know how bad it is. There's no way to really MRI a pulled hamstring. Uh, it's literally just the player going out there and playing. Uh, funny story. I'm not going to say the guy's name because I don't want to. I don't want to ruin uh, his legacy. But I had a guy, a teammate uh, that I played with in the NFL, um, and he would always say stuff like that. As a, and he was a vet, but he would say, "Man, the trainers and the coaches have no idea." about hamstrings and backs and muscles. He's like, I'm just going to say my back is tight today and I don't have to practice. I'm going to say my hamstring is sore today and I don't have to practice. I, I, I'm going to be on the other field jogging, warming up in ice tub in a, in a hot tub. And then I'll see you guys uh, in a week. Cause I need a week off. Like now that's not the way to handle it. I'm not saying any of these guys would do it, but it's just funny because soft tissue injuries, there's no real way to gauge it. You're, you're truly, it's the player trust in the, in the, in the training staff trust, of uh and, and again for for anybody that ends up seeing this on social media i'm not telling young guys to do that because you have not earned the right to do it but after your seventh eighth ninth year in the nfl if you want to take a day off hey either ask or come up with like a my, my quad is a little tight but my hammy my hammy like they would go out there and warm up and then they would do the oh, yeah my hammy man i'm, I'm, out, I'm out today i'm out uh, and then they go in there, get a little ice and stem, get a little massage, get in a hot tub, cold tub, maybe take a couple of days off. They come back on Monday ready to go for the next week. So uh, and, and I will say this. It always would happen like Wednesday, Thursday, because they knew they wanted that extra Friday, you know, mm -hmm. off and then that whole weekend. And then, of course, the trainer's like, oh, yeah, man, four days off. He'll be good. He'll be back Monday, coach. And he was back Monday. Um, trainers had no idea not going to say who that was because i'm not going to ever i don't want to ever tarnish a player's legacy but i i do know that that stuff happens because players just don't know and i will say this it was on multiple teams it wasn't one guy on one team so for people like oh i wonder who that was okay. i had it happen on the ravens and i had it happen on the bears like both times during like otas and training camp uh i've seen that from veterans kind of pull that like oh i just need a day off man my miami um so you know, with that said, uh, speaking of uh, coaches who don't know what their players are doing now, Mo, Mo has a, a big, big handle on his team at the University of Buffalo. Uh, they did win their bowl game. Cool pictures of him on social media. If you want to search Mo Lindquist, uh, Buffalo head coach, search his social media, has some cool pictures with the trophy uh, after they won um, on his way back home. Uh, but KJ Osborne is, is a former uh, Buffalo. He's he's from the university. What is their what is their mascot, Sam? I should look that up. The Buffalo, it's not the, it's not the Buffalo Buffaloes. Um, I feel like it's something kind of uh, like Western. Let's see. Buffalo. Oh, the Bulls? The Bulls, that's it. I think yep. it's the Bulls, yeah. Yep. Um, but, you know, when you think about the University of Buffalo, um, K.J. Osborne, and this is the thing, K.J. Osborne transferred to the University of Miami. And so this his story that Mo's about to tell about K.J. Osborne is actually pretty cool because a lot of people always say the last school you read is a school a lot of people, like, take to and they talk about. Um, the best experience you had. That's a, so clearly the University of Buffalo was good to, to KJ Osborne because KJ Osborne and Coach Mo had a pretty uh, good talk, and, and KJ did some cool things for the school. So you want to check that out next. Coming up, we got more uh, Coach Mo Lindquist. And before we do that, we have a word from our sponsors. We are presented today by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA Finals. And right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet. Up to $2,500. Yes, the limit has been raised up to $2,500. A no-sweat first bet where you get that money back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. They've got other great promotions at the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, very easy to use. There's been a Bet5, Get150 promotion out there for a while now as well. Uh, you get paid instantly when you win. There's no better place to bet the Stanley Cup Finals or the NBA Finals than America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're on your laptop or your mobile device, get that no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. 
Uh, this one right here is a fun one because Mo Linquist, when we met, Mo Linquist is now the head coach uh, for the University of Buffalo. But when we first met, uh, both of our wives are AKAs. And in the sports world, though, when you haven't met either's wife, you really don't know what you're going to get at dinner. Uh, but Mo and I decided to grab dinner his uh, first year here with P.J. Fleck at the University of Minnesota. And uh, we hit it off. It was, it was a great dinner. Uh, we remained friends. Mo, of course, on the bigger, better things. Uh, went on to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Texas, and then he's now gone off to uh, be the head coach at University of Buffalo. I want to thank uh, Mo for joining me on the Ron Johnson Show. And Mo, as we jump into this, man, like real quick, when you when you thought when you started this whole journey, you know, as a player, and then you want you you say, hey, I want to be a coach. Uh, was this always on your? Because I know people have like vision boards or they have binders. Was like this the next step? And it was like it was like head coach was it? Like you knew you wanted to do that. You know, I can't say that I necessarily said, um, you know, um, want to be a head coach or what I wanted to do was maximize every day. You know, when I was a player, uh, I wanted to be the best that I could be on that day. You know, I, I wanted to play the game until my legs fell off. You know, I mean, I was <laughs> grew up in Dallas, Texas and playing the game in high school, won a state championship in high school at, at Mesquite High School down there in Dallas, Texas. And then went on to play at Baylor and, and really never see, you know, as a player, you never see yourself doing anything other than really playing a lot of the times. And then when the playing career ended, I had an opportunity to get on as a graduate graduate assistant at Baylor and uh, and then really kicked, kick-started my coaching career, you know, moved to Valdosta State down in South Georgia, went over to James Madison. And like, as you mentioned, was at Iowa State, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Dallas Cowboys, obviously at the U University of Minnesota where we linked up and then had an opportunity to come over here. Uh, at the University at Buffalo currently as the head coach. So been fortunate, been blessed, and uh, just thankful that the impact that I can have every single day on the lives of these guys. Man. So talk about those moves, man. Like how how is that? Because I know for a coach, you know, you move and your schedule is set. You're like, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to recruit. This is what we're doing. Um, but but for your family, how, is, how has that been? Yeah, you know, so my daughter was born in Minneapolis, our first okay. child. When we had first met, if you remember, Mara yeah. was uh, young, and you had, I believe it was your three, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, um, and we had our daughter born there in Minneapolis, and and that was really the first transition that we made as a family with a child going from Minneapolis down to Texas A&M. Uh, move was a little different because we were kind of going back towards family at, in Texas and uh, down there in southeast Texas where my wife is from, Houston. Um, and you know, the journey, we've been blessed. You know, my wife's been phenomenal in terms of just taking care of the household. And she has her career. She's an attorney. She's a lawyer. She's a wife. She's a mommy. Uh, she does She does so much for our family in terms of supporting me and my career and our goals. Uh, but we've been thankful. Like, you know, what happens when you move, I feel like, is that you really get, get a chance to get the identity of who you are when you kind of have to put yourself in really uncommon and uncomfortable spaces and learn and grow. And uh, that's what's happened with our family. Um, we have so much trust in our household. We love one another so strongly because we know what it's like to really kind of be in that bunker when it's just you and your, and your wife and kids. So uh, we've been thankful and blessed for all our moves and, and, uh, and so happy to be here at Buffalo now. And when you talk about, you know, some of the head coaches you've been around, you know, NFL, college football, uh, one of the most wordsy head coaches, I guess I'd say, is P.J. Fleck. Uh, what, what was that like with P.J. Fleck or what have you learned from P.J. Fleck that you've, you've taken yeah. uh, with you in, into your head coaching job? You know, when you, when you think about your, your life journey, uh, coaching journey, professional journey, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, you want to keep a curious mind. You always want to be a constant learner. There's really no finish line. There's no end goal. There's no point where you say, you know, I'm done learning. I'm, I've got it all figured out. You're always looking, how can you improve? How can you change? How can you adjust? And and uh, I've been fortunate just throughout my career, even from a non-X's and O's standpoint, just from a life journey standpoint, you know, my grandma, when I was younger, taught me how to slow down, pay attention and listen. You know, when I became a father, uh, my first, my daughter, Mara, you know, trying to put her at bed at night and, uh, and and she doesn't want to go to bed. You learn you learn what commitment and determination is all about. You know, she teaches me that every single night, what what commitment looks like. So I learned that from my daughter. Uh, my wife, I bounce everything off my wife. She's an intelligent person. She's my sounding board. She she reminds me just to be steady and poised and make clean and good decisions. And, and um, you know, I think just from a non-coaching standpoint, the life journeys taught me a lot. And then, as you mentioned, being with P.J. Fleck, phenomenal teacher, phenomenal person, phenomenal human. You know, it, it, he's used the game as a ripple effect to create so much good in the in the uh, Minneapolis community and really in the coaching community in and of itself. 
Um, I learned from Dan Mullen when I was at Mississippi State, mm -hmm. just about that mindset and toughness that you have to have that in the SEC. Obviously, we were able to set that culture at Texas A&M year one and year two, back-to-back -back bowl games, back-to-back -to -back top five recruiting classes there, and how to run a, a program at, at really a national scale and a national level. When you go to the NFL, as you know, that's really where you get your Ph.D. in coaching. Uh, you know, you learn the game inside the game, you know, game management. You learn the small situations that can lead to big outcomes. And then as a head coach, being able to just to, uh, to test yourself as a leader, you know, leader as a pro of a program, leader of an organization. Um, you know, who are you? Why do you lead? Why is leadership so important? And what you find out and re really what you learn is that, you know, the impact that you cause and the ripple effect that you have with all the people around you through leadership. And that's why it's so critical. So I've been fortunate from a non-football perspective and from a football perspective to learn, grow. I'm continuing to learn. I'm continuing to grow. Uh, keep that curious mind, always looking to improve and, 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 and just continue to, uh, to be, be, as be as good as we can get. Yeah, and, and rule changes. So let's talk a little NFL. We're going to jump to the NFL rule change. You were an NFL head coach. I know you recently heard the owners have agreed to try this for one year. Um, there's two things. One, you're allowed now to have a third quarterback be active but not take up a roster spot of your 53. And so first off, Travis Kelsey is pissed off because he feels like the NFL is doing that because of the San Francisco 49ers. Everybody that knows what happened in that playoff game, the 49ers went through four quarterbacks, well, three quarterbacks, but, it, you know, four rotations, started one, another one, another one, then went back to the original hurt one. Uh, and, and people are saying, oh, they're only doing this because of the 49ers. And, you know, maybe they could have made it to the Super Bowl if they had a, a serviceable quarterback that had an arm that was not hurt that could throw. Um, and then the other one they've added is college rules. So you can now fair catch a kickoff and move it up to the 25. When you look at your college players, maybe your kick returners, your guys that are fringe guys that might get drafted as a kick returner where the NFL is like, man, I didn't know this kid could run a 4-2. I didn't know this kid could run a 4-3. Um, from a college standpoint, because you guys already do it in college. From a college standpoint, uh, have you noticed – kick returners being like is in your head coach so i mean do you guys rely on the kick returner less and less now because you know hey we can just fair catch this thing and move it to the 25 or are you still looking for dynamic guys that could take it to the house right I, I think ron i mean you're you're you uh you're pointing out so many quality points just in terms of the game inside the game you know really it comes down to player acquisition and roster management and the value mm -hmm. that you assign at each position and the impact that it can create in the game you know obviously we know starting with, you know, point number one at the quarterback position, how valuable that position is. And yeah. really, if you look at the, you know, if you just want to follow the draft and you want to follow kind of where the money goes in, in terms of positions, edge rushers, cover guys, guys that can score touchdowns, guys that protect the quarterback. And then ultimately that quarterback position is so valuable to the, to the, to the franchise's overall success. So probably a good understanding of why that rule was passed and why it was implemented in terms of allowing one more quarterback to be added uh, mm -hmm. for the depth and for the health and safety of that roster, really, because of the impact that that position can have. Uh, when it comes to the kick return game, you know, we've always, you and I played in similar area, areas where, you know, you remember like the Devin Hesters. You remember oh, yeah. the dynamic kick return guys that could, in a moment's notice, change the game. And um, now you're looking at the game and, and the moving body of the game shifting. And I think, you know, like in any industry, um, you know, we can spend time discussing, is it good? Is it not? You know, we got to live in a space of, okay, hey, here's the new rule. How quickly can we adapt? How quickly can we adjust? And then what, what's the next right thing that we need to do? So, um, you know, over the course of a season, you know, you got to ask yourself, you know, is it more valuable for me to, you know, have these returns go and play and maybe I'm fielding, you know, 28 returns throughout the season. And once that average drive start, that's going to get created versus maybe fair catching the ball, taking it at the 25 and trying to find the math and the sweet spot inside those numbers. So right. I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, special teams play such an integral part in the outcome and the success of a game. This is a big adjust adjustment and a big shift. I think you'll see the industry adjust throughout the season. I think philosophies and beliefs will maybe get tested. And then you'll see it play itself out, I think, throughout the course of the year. Yeah, because, I mean, funny you bring up Devin Hester, had Bernard Berrien on, Fresno State grad, uh, Chicago yeah. Bear draft pick. And Bernard said it. He said, man, one, uh, we would all stand up because Bernard and I were teammates with the Bears. And so I had him on the show yesterday or, shoot, today is Friday. Uh, I had him on the show last week. So There you go. Yeah. Uh, so when you think about Bernard Berrien, uh, the one thing he said was, this is what I did as a, as a guy, you know, this is what, well, like, this is what made me a third round pick. Like as right. a, just a receiver, 
right. I'm probably fourth, fifth, sixth round. Yeah. But because I was a four, 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 three guy, uh, four, two in game speed, because he said, he said, man, I didn't feel like I was faster than guys, but when it was a race, I was going to win. There you go. And that's what made him a third round pick because right. he could return kicks. Uh, fast forward, you had Devin Hester, the Chicago Bears. He said, man, Brian Erlacher, they would come off the, or sorry, they would be ready to go on the field. Erlacher's not getting the defense ready. He's standing up because they want to watch Devin Hester. Listen. Because they're like, if, look. If you, were, yeah, if you were going to the kitchen to make a sandwich and you and you knew he was out there punt returning, you were going to stop and make sure you watch that whole punt return. Exactly. You know, and you wanted to see what was going to happen when that ball went in the air, you know? Because, you know, like when your defense wins, they come off the field, man, they're <laughs> gasping for air. They're looking for the defensive coordinator or their position coach. They're trying right. to find a clipboard. You know, they right. want to see the pictures, what happened here. He said, man, when those Bears came off the field, Alex Brown, Spice Adams, uh, Julius Peppers, uh, you know, Nathan Vasher, Peanut Tillman, everybody. And they said Peanut wanted to be on punt return because of that. He was like, man, look, if I can be out here and hold this gunner up, knowing I'm going to give Devin a chance, leave me out here. And that's not that's not like and, – and again, I say Patrick because Patrick Peterson was a kick returner. But most top corners, and you know this in the NFL – like Trayvon Diggs, they're trying to come off the field. They're like, all right, man, like get somebody else out here to hold this guy up. I just ran down the field 15 yards, 12 exactly. times with a receiver. And yep. so, I mean, you know, and, and Devin Hester, I've seen him make comments about it. A lot of guys, you know, saying I wouldn't be a Hall of Famer if they mm-hmm. try to take punt and kick off out the game. Um, so I understand it. I, I do understand. It. I understand you're saying the math, and I get that side of it too. Uh, but here's where I go with this too. When you're recruiting, yeah. Are you now going to see, like, do you think, and, and again, this is a bigger body, but do sure. you think high school coaches are going to start to adjust to that? Like, I don't know if high school football can adjust to it because I know concussions are saying now it's not just college or just pro. It starts mm-hmm. in the high school realm where kids are taking beatings in high school, then the compound of college, then the compound of the NFL, and now you have some of these head injuries. Uh, do you see the high school game trying to make it safer for the kids? I think the entire, you know, industry of uh Football, you know, when you go peewee, high school, yeah. um, college, pro, I think uh, player health and safety is at the forefront of all the discussions. And, uh, you know, we have we have a fantastic game. I'm fortunate enough to be on our AFCA Board of Trustees, our National mm-hmm. Board of Trustees in college football. And, you know, we spend a lot of time discussing, um, you know, how can we make the game safer? How can we continue to improve the game, make it better? Uh, we, we have what I believe is the most phenomenal invention in the history of mankind. You know, it's, it's, it's football. You know, it's yeah. just – just think of how many lives it's changed and the ripple effect it's had. And, and um, uh, the things we love about the game are also the things that, you know, that sometimes bring, uh, you know, uh, uh, a lot of discussions up in terms of, you know, what, what kind of uh, after effects of, of football has on, on, on people's lives and those kind of things. And we want to make True. the game safe. We want to make the game safe. And I think everybody's on board with that discussion. And I don't think anybody's against that. And I think these rules that are being implemented are just small steps that are geared towards how do we protect, players how do we make sure that they're safe they're good and continue to love the game and impact the game the way that we want to yeah and, and i think too i think technology is getting better i think helmets yeah. they're trying to figure out better ways for helmets because i like behind me when i start the show people can see i have my dad's pittsburgh steelers helmet from when he won a super bowl and and, and everybody knows if you played in the nfl uh everybody in the locker room kind of passes around their helmets and the footballs and they all sign it and then everybody gets one at the end of the year uh so i have my dad's Pittsburgh Steelers helmet with Tony Dungy on it, Mel Blunt, uh, yeah. Franco Harris, uh, Benny Cunningham, Jack Lambert, Jack Ham. Uh, so, yeah, so it's it's a valuable item. Uh, but when I look at the helmet itself and the padding, it's trash. <laughs> like, it's pure trash. Like, the padding yeah. in the 70s was yeah. absolute trash. But that's the technology they had. Yeah. Like, if I had a yeah. time machine, that's the one thing I wish I could do. Um, is I could go back into like the 60s and 70s and show them like a like my gopher helmet or, or my NFL helmet and be like, look, look at this air system. And they're like, man, that's that's supposed to go in tires. No, no, no. You can yeah. go in helmets too, buddy. Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be rich. Then I'd be the helmet creator. Uh, well, you do that. I'll, I'll, I'll probably drop some money in Amazon or something. That's <laughs> I'm making tub time machine. That's 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 I love that. Like that, I would do the same thing. Like I thought about like Google because Google for the oh, yeah. old for the young kids, they're like, oh, I I know Google. When we were coming out, you remember like 1997, 98. Listen. Google was just starting, and we're like, Listen. what is Google? Like it's not stupid. Yeah. And then I looked up the stock price, dog. When we when it launched, a dollar. There you go. 
Google was go. a dollar. Just makes you feel away, doesn't it? Right. I'm like, why didn't I just put 25, maybe $150 into Google just to see if I lose it, I lose it. But then if I had done it, I did the math, I'd have a million dollars right now in Google. Because, well, I mean, it is absolutely skyrocket. They bought Netflix. Or sorry, they bought a YouTube TV. They've got all that. Yeah. But anyway, I'm not going to jump into the stocks because I can go all day about that. Uh, I got Mo Linquist on, head coach at the University of Buffalo, uh, former Golden Gopher coach, former Texas A&M coach, a uh, good friend of mine. Mo, uh, here's a, la- a couple of last ones before we get out of here. Um this is the one thing I wanted to talk about too. When you look at the scope of college football, I'm not going to, I've beat NIL down because I've had Joker Phillips on here. Like I said, I've had, I've had Kenny Burns on here. I've had other uh, college players and, and college coaches, pro coaches. So I'm not going to beat the NIL down. But yesterday I heard some very interesting, the new commissioner of the big 10, because we know Kevin Warren has moved on. He's the president of the bears has bought up the point of, should players, and this is why the Big Ten, if you think about Ohio State, Michigan, uh, they have some huge NIL dollars. They have some huge NIL opportunities. And now in the NCAA, we know they're a controlling type of group. They want to control it. They've been approached and asked, should players be considered employees? And this is where it gets slippery. If they are, you have to then give them benefits. You have to then give them uh, protection plans and all kinds of stuff. You have to offer them full health and dental uh, not just the university's version of it, uh, but then the vice versa. Players can be cut. They can be kicked out for without cause because now you're an employee. You're not on a scholarship. So there's a lot. There's a slippery slope on both sides of this because people think it's just a one-sided. I'm like, no, this thing is a mountain. Is a it, You can go up, but you can also come back down, and it can work out bad for both sides either way. And so do you think NIL is just the way to keep going, or do you think at some point uh, – Players can opt in as an employee, like if you're Reggie Bush, if you're Matt Leinard, uh, you know, if you're Tim Tebow, you can say, no, make me an employee because I want to make millions of dollars in college. Uh, and you're a head coach. And I know you you kind of hear that, see that when you're out recruiting. You know, I, a lot, lot to unpack. I, I, I think <laughs> I think, um, you know. We, we want to make sure that we can we can. Um, number one help grow these young men that we coach in football Mm -hmm. and put them in a position to succeed and win in life first. Um, And then, and then there are a a lot of things that come along with those, uh, with, with, with the role that we play from a leadership position and how we use the game to teach and grow, grow these young men. Um, Obviously there's this big, uh, big elephant of of NIL that's going on in college football, maybe a little premature to to talk through uh, the employee status Right. right now, I think just because of, all the things you mentioned and all the things that it could and could not mean. And you kind of make a big shift in the conversation when you just start discussing employees. And then there's, there's workers compensation, there's HR, there's, you know, things, there's tax, there's, you know, all these things, all these implications that start to come alive when you start talking about being an employee of a state or employee of a university that probably is uh, maybe, maybe potentially down the road, but maybe not right in front of us right now. Um, I think um, I think we want to make sure that we continue to, uh, you know, why'd you start playing the game? What was right. fun, what 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 impacted you? What impacted your life about the game? Let's not lose those things. Right. Let's 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 make sure that we continue to make this game game great. Uh, health uh, health and welfare for the players is phenomenal. Uh, let's let's leverage anything that we are allowed to do and the and the rules allow us to do. We want to make sure that we educate and we provide those things for our, for our student athletes. And um, I think we're, we're navigating a new landscape that everyone is working through. I mean, you got to stay nimble. You have to just be, make sure that we are up to date uh, with the education of our roster, what all the rules are. And then anything that we can do to teach, grow and provide something for our players that's within the rules, let's do it. Yeah. No. And when I look at this list, University of Buffalo, before we get out of here, University of Buffalo has put a lot of guys in the NFL. Uh, when you go down the names and I know you know them now because that's your job to know the alumni who's in the NFL, who's made it, who's coming back to visit. Uh, yep. But one name that Vikings fans uh, might be able to make a correlation to K.J. Osborne. Uh, K.J. Osborne, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, played at the University of Buffalo from 2020 to 2022. 
Uh, and he is now he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the fifth round. Uh, he's now alongside Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison. Uh, they are going to be a three headed monster truly this year with Justin Jefferson leading the way. Uh, no more Adam Thielen. So KJ Osborne has to step up and right now take on wide receiver two roles. Uh, but you mentioned that uh, you had him uh, speak to the team. What was that like and, and, and what was his message? Well, obviously, I took the job here uh, uh, when I became the head coach, as you mentioned. Hey, let's let's uh, let's make sure that we reach back to the alumni, especially mm-hmm. you know extremely those extremely prominent alum, alumni that we have in the NFL. I think we have about twelve current players on active rosters in the NFL right now. KJ, obviously, one of those guys, and I uh, had a chance to reach back out to him. and And what I loved about him, number one, was uh, all he all he, the first thing he said was, "Coach, how can I help? Mm-hmm. How can I give back? How can I give my time?" I thought that was just phenomenal of him. How, you know, as a busy of a schedule as you know, being a former NFL player especially mm-hmm. in the offseason, how many directions you get pulled in. So we had an opportunity to get him on a Zoom call, speak to the team, and I just mean the the the, the power of his words, man. He, he did a phenomenal job just talking about the daily discipline, talking about the work ethic, talking about – I think he inspired our room, just in talking about his journey, hearing his story and his testimony. Mm-hmm. And, you know, KJ's a success story. You know, he, he found a way. He, he, he did it the right way in terms of making a name for himself. And he's created himself a great space and opportunity there in Minnesota. We know we're pulling for him here at, at, at the University at Buffalo. And, and we have his support back here at UB. And we can't wait to see him continue to uh, do phenomenal things with his NFL career. And when you think about, you know, the future of college football, uh, and, and you look at the scope of it. You know, I saw you went to a bowl game. You guys won. You, you flew back on, on the plane like the Michael Jordan trophy or Kobe Bryant after winning a <laughs> after winning a world championship. I like that. I saw it on the plane. Me and the bowl trophy just had a small conversation. We, just, we, just had, we had a little small talk. That's all it was. <laughs> I had to let him know where he belonged. <laughs> but, but when you look at uh, some of these alignments, because now the Big Ten is just growing. Yeah. Uh, the SEC is now trying to figure out a way to grow. Um, do you see it going down to that where it's going to be five major conferences of about 20 teams and everybody's going to try to find their way into a bigger conference uh, if they can get in it? Because that's where it feels like the money's going. You look at Fox, you look at ESPN, you look at all these TV contracts. Uh, you look at like the reason why the Big 12 was, was saying their Big 12 contract was going to end and they're trying to work with NBC. Uh, Notre Dame's trying to find a home now because the whole like being on NBC every week isn't a big deal anymore because – Everybody has ESPN Go. Everybody has Fox Go. Everybody has the app. So uh, where do you see the scope of some of these conferences going where the Big Ten now is at 14 uh, and there's talks of 16 because I just heard Oregon uh, may petition maybe, but I think maybe they got put on like, you know, the Big Ten left them on red. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but I just kind of heard people say, oh, it doesn't look like Oregon is going to get in the Big Ten. What what do you think is going to happen there? Obviously, the landscape of college football continues to change, continues to move. Um, uh, you know, there's a gre- aggressive expansion going on all over the place. And uh, what's sparing the expense of me getting 100 bad emails from people uh, being upset because their, their school's left out of a, a conference somewhere. Uh, the only comments that I'll make are is that I think we have a phenomenal conference here in the Mid-American Conference. Obviously, yep. I've experienced in the Big 12. I've played in the Big 12. I've coached in the Big 12. I've coached in the Big 10. I've coached in the SEC. I've uh, coached in the NFL. Uh, I think – as any industry leader, uh, you want to stay at the forefront of what's going on and you want to make sure that you can have some foresight. You can peek around the corner, so to speak, and know what's coming down the road and stay ahead of things. Um, uh, we know that, you know, all it takes is maybe one school or one university to make one decision and a ripple effect uh, it could, could potentially uh, get created. You have a new CFP well, expansion that's going on right now, and and then obviously all the uh, uh, the TV and media rights deals that are kind of currently going on and uh, that are getting negotiated right now. So, uh, I think it's all good for college football. I do. Okay. I think uh, I think it draws a lot of great conversations, great attention. Yeah. I think it drives industry leaders to uh, continue to grow and expand uh, their space and their network and continue to have that national and create those national brands. And it doesn't allow you what it what I think a lot of what expansion does. It doesn't allow anyone to. Stay, stay stagnant or sit still you know you have to continue to find ways to get better um, and best position yourself and align yourself with the right conferences and right people and right industry leaders to stay ahead of everything yeah you were dallas cowboys coach uh two quick ones before we get out of here one when you see Deion sanders doing all the stuff he does the the videos the 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 his son being a videographer putting everything on social media uh reaching out to players via social media videos 
Uh, is there anything recruiting wise that you're taking from Deion Sanders that you're realizing like, oh, I didn't even realize we could do it that way? Yeah, I think uh, I think obviously, you know, Deion's created a, a ton of conversations. Don't know him personally, but just kind of from an outsider perspective, created mm -hmm. a ton of conversations just because of the attention and the buzz and and and, uh, uh, and the light he's kind of shine on the on the program there. I think anything that's out there that's new, that's creative. Uh, doesn't mean you need to implement, but you need to be aware. You need right. to know because uh, things got to be genuine to who you are as well in terms of yeah. how you want to run your organization and program. You know, I was going to see if you had a break, uh, if you had some time, you can come on and jump over here to, uh, to, to UB, come to a game out here, come see me, come shoot some stuff out here and spend some time over here with me uh, during the season and maybe maybe see what we got going on out here as well. But I love this space that I have with you. But I'm always on the forefront of, uh, you know, what's going on in the recruiting space in terms of what can you do and what's mm -hmm. new, what's creative. You know, obviously he had a lot of success there at the University of Minnesota when we were able to sign, you know, Rashad Bateman. Oh, yeah. did a phenomenal job. And I uh, had a, Antoine Winfield played for me there. And Chris Williamson, I think, got drafted. Terrell Smith, yep. one of the DBs we had from Atlanta, just got drafted. So we've been able to have a lot of success in the recruiting front. We've had back-to-back -back number one ranked classes here in the Mid-American Conference. Uh, but we're going to stay in front of things and we're going to know what's going on and uh, how we can continue to find ways to be creative. Well, yeah, man. Any and yes, anytime you let me know if we can figure it out. I know the wife would love to take a trip out there as well. Uh, so if I owe you anything... a steak because last time you bought the meal, so I owe you. A, I owe I owe you a meal back. I owe you a meal. I got. I don't. I don't even eat steak anymore. That's that's how much life has changed. Wow. I don't eat red. I have not eaten red meat in four years. Look at you, man. Um, I don't eat meat Monday through Friday. You're we about are to get some emails, man. You got are... the, the animal. <laughs> We are 72% vegetarian. Uh, you know, we are not vegan. I still like cheese. And I, I still do dairy and I do a ton of yogurt and granola. At the bottom. But that's that's part of my discipline, man. Every like every morning I'm having yogurt or a smoothie or iced tea and some granola. Uh, every lunch, it's it's some kind of like vegetable soup or rice and beans. Have you with felt lettuce? Have you felt the good, you know? Oh yeah, dog. I'm 43 now. I just had my birthday on May 23rd. I'm 43. I'm still killing dudes when I hoop and I'm 43. They're 20s and I'm still out it. there crossing over. I don't, I mean, since one dude says that, he said, man, your mid range is killing it. I was like, man, like I'm Dwayne Wade now. I'm, I'm no longer LeBron. Like, when is. I was younger, I could dunk, I could jump. No, I'm, I'm Wade. I'm Wade in his 30s, 35, late 30s. I'm shooting Every, jumpers. Everything 14 feet now. You know? Exactly. That's, like that's I'm, I'm, I'm knocking now. down, uh, cause, and I don't know if you remember from Texas AM Powers, uh, uh, Warren, Kevin Warren's son. Oh, yeah. So Powers Warren, he just moved back up here to Minnesota. He's done with college. He went to Mississippi State. Then he went to Michigan State. Uh, he's been up here. There's another DB, and I got to get – I think it's Samaje or Samaj uh, or running back. DB, I think. I know the name. Okay. Shorter guy, braids. So he okay. was just at Mississippi State with Powers when he was there. So he's he moved up here with Powers to start a business. So he's been up here playing. And I'm killing these young guys. Like, I'm killing them. Like every day, Monday, Wednesday, Bodies. Friday, Bodies. I'm killing them. So I, I will say that, like, I felt better. I felt there like I had more energy. Um, I'm coaching my kids in softball. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like every Monday, Wednesday, every weekend, we're out coaching softball. So yeah, I'm honestly like I have, like I wake up now. I don't ever feel like my joints are swollen. Uh, this morning I got up without an alarm at 628 AM. No alarm. Just woke up, heard the birds chirping and I was up. So I, four, I, four years, four years. Four years, no, no uh, red meat, and then Monday through Friday. Now we do cheat. Now for people that we do cheat, me and my wife, like like last night we had lettuce wraps, but we did put ground turkey in it. Um, so so we do do some meat during like every once in a while. I was like, all right, look, let's yeah, you know, that's enough of that vegetable stuff. But my wife does a great job. Like she did the pasta on Wednesday with yeah. just tomato and spinach. That was it. And uh, the kids love it. Like she's found some some very good uh, recipes for it. Um, and I think it's helped the kids. My daughter just ran a 13, 10 in the hundred and she's sick and she's in sixth grade. Um, and that's no blocks. Like she didn't even have blocks cause this was a middle school meet. So they didn't even use blocks. It was just standing up, got out the blocks, beat all the eighth graders. And she's a sixth grader. She, uh, she got her medal. She got her medal yesterday. Uh, cause they bought it. My wife bought it home from the meet. Uh, and she was like, Oh, I didn't even know I got first in the long jump in the hundred. I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you won both of them. You crushed it. Yeah. So she's so so I think I think I think it's helping them too because they've been yeah. they have been irritable. We don't have sure. the tantrums. Uh but yeah, like but they still eat hamburgers. I mean, we know their bodies are young, they need to do that stuff. So they do the hamburgers. Yeah. My wife still does hamburgers. Uh it's just me. I cut out the red meat just because as a black man, and you know this, uh as we get older, 
Uh, we got colonoscopies. Uh, black men are more susceptible to uh, high blood pressure and all this other stuff. And, you know, and uh, I, I, I think for me, it was just like, you know what? I want to live till I'm 80 or 90. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to be one of these old football players at 60 and, and the doctors telling me my body's shutting down because I didn't take yeah. care of myself. So that's kind of my message to men out there watching the show or listening to the Ron Johnson show, whether it's on YouTube, iTunes, iHeartMedia, Spotify. Uh, there's all kinds of ways to get a platform, but that's Mo Linquist. I'm Ron Johnson, head coach at the University of Buffalo. Uh, and we'll be back after this. Well, man, Sam, that was a, a great interview with uh, Coach Mo Linquist. Before we uh, continue to talk about that a little bit, we got a little uh, Twins facing the Astros tonight at 7, 10 p.m. It's one-to-one -one in the series right now. You can catch every pitch of this last game. They're trying to win the series. The Twins hometown broadcast will be on Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. Well, Sam, before we get out of here, uh, again, great interview with Coach Mo. Uh, I, I really like the K.J. Osborne thing. The fact that K.J. Osborne went to the University of Miami as his last stop, got drafted, uh, has a – I mean, the U. Come on now, it's the U. Tons of connections there when you look at Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Reggie Wayne. Because I mean, I remember we, earlier when uh, K.J. Osborne first got to Minnesota, and I told—I th I don't know if I told you guys, or maybe we got to get Reggie on the show to talk about him. Uh, but Reggie's an NFL coach, so I know there's rules around that too. We got to work through there. Uh, it was so much easier when he wasn't a coach. Uh, now he's a coach. He, he's got to be careful too. Same as uh, a guy I played with, uh, Josh McCown. I didn't realize he was in Carolina because he texted me back like, yeah, man, I'd love to come on. But is this as a coach or, or like just your friend? And I'm like, as a friend, man, I won't even ask you about Adam Thielen because he's with the Carolina Panthers. So mm -hmm. I, I know there's a lot of rules because I get the same thing from the Vikings. They're like, hey, be careful with like, make sure you clear with us and da da da. So, you know, this NFL stuff, I know everybody's protective of their brand, but he was a University of Miami guy. There's a lot of guys that he could have uh, schools he could have latched on to, but he's still pouring in the University, University of Buffalo. And I love the fact that he was so willing to help out uh, and, and trying and, and, and delivering a message to the team. Like, I think that's the key too. like, like being one of the guys, which, which leads me to believe, man, like this guy has the character to be a franchise receiver. And I don't know where it's going to go. He will be wide receiver too for a little bit. I'm sure, especially with Jordan Addison being hurt and banged up. Um, let's just see. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's another Stefan Diggs. Stefan Diggs, uh, they drafted, what's his name? Uh, Cordell or not Cordell Patterson. Um, the receiver. Let's First Laquan round, Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell. They drafted Laquan Treadwell. Stefan Diggs was a fifth round pick. They weren't sure what they had. Stefan became the man. Not saying that KJ Osborne is going to become Stefan Diggs, but I'm not saying he's not. Um, they drafted Jordan Addison first round. It's around the same. Laquan was like 23rd. Jordan Addison was what, 22, 23 again? 23. So, hey, not to say, and not, and not saying Jordan Addison will, will, will have a, a, a tough go at it to start. Um, but maybe KJ Osborne would be driven. But I don't know, Sam. What, did, what else did you get from that around uh, KJ Osborne? Yeah, yeah, no, same kind of thing. Like he's, a very generous person uh, yeah. with his time. Uh, he talks to to everyone. Saved someone from a burning car this yeah, season. Yeah, no, I forgot about. It. And uh, that was an, that was a guy from. Uh, I, I want to get. Nel I don't know if we can ever get Nelson on. Like, I would love Locked On to work on that because I'm a big time fan of the of the uh, MTV stuff. And the fact that he was able to save Nelson from from Big Brother or not Big Brother from uh, the MTV Challenge. Like, come on, that's crazy. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. That's awesome. I didn't know the guy. Was, yeah, I watched the uh, show. Like I watched the show. So, okay. Yeah, because he he bought it up on one of the shows. I think he was just saying like how his life was, uh, it was tough or something and blah blah. Like it's gonna come up in the next one, I think, where he's probably gonna talk about like I couldn't believe I was saved by an NFL player. So it's crazy. Like it, it, it happened to be a guy we all know in KJ Osborne. So just my two worlds colliding. Yeah. No, that's that's wild. Um, Ron, I'm already like bracing my heart to to have to lose KJ Osborne cuz I think he's going to be really good this year. The coaching staff thinks he's going to be really good this year and I don't know if they can afford him. Like I I we may have to watch him be the franchise receiver somewhere else and that breaks my heart cuz I think that he's like we kind of like believed in him on this show before he was, you know, the wide receiver too and uh he's going to I think be really spectacular this year and then we might lose him in free agency. That makes me sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hope not. I hope not. I, I know the thing about Justin Jefferson, I have to pay him a lot. Uh, Jordan Addison will be on a rookie contract for at least four years. So hopefully they can work something out to at least give him an offer sheet um, that no other team can match. But that's the problem. This is a league of what have you done for me lately? And if you do a lot for a team and they can't pay you, 
another team that's struggling like the Cleveland Browns, um, like the Detroit Lions, uh, like the Packers are probably going to be. They, they love to, to, to cherry pick and take guys that they know have already been created and built and then move them into their team. That's why the Jets went after Alan Lazard. Like the Jets had Garrett Wilson, but they're like, look, let's get Alan Lazard in here for Aaron Rodgers. Like we know what he can be. He's a big, strong receiver. Uh, let's bring him in. But hopefully KJ Osborne finds a way to stay. I, I, I said it years ago when they drafted him. Uh, I reached out to him years ago when they drafted him. I still have the text message to prove it. Um, that he was going to be a really good player. Now, I, I, there are two other guys I have not reached out to, and that's the same thing about Lamecki Brockington. Like, I don't just, that's what I told Lamecki, you go in the locker room and ask other receivers. I, Rashad Bateman, Tyler Johnson, and Lamecki Brockington. That's it. I didn't reach out. Nothing against Daniel Jackson, some of these other guys, and, and Michael, whatever, uh, uh, John Ledge's nephew who left. Brown Stevens. Brown Stevens. I didn't reach out to those guys. Nothing against them. I just didn't. Uh, oh, and Chris Altman Bell. I have talked to Chris Altman Bell. But, you know, I don't I don't use that lightly, that term lightly like that, man, you have a chance to be the guy. Like I don't I don't just throw that out there. And so yeah, KJ Osborne, I saw it early. Uh same thing with Adam Thielen. I think I, I showed the tweet years ago of my tweet about Adam Thielen when he was like a, a second year guy, I think, uh, that I said this guy reminds me of Eric Decker, the way he runs routes and blah blah. And he surpassed Eric Decker. So like you know, he. I just said Adam, Adam Thielen is going to be a guy. And he was nobody at the time. Like, he hadn't done anything yet. He was a special teams guy. But I watched him run routes, and I tweeted out. And then, of course, now people are like, oh, man, that's crazy. And, I, and you can go back and look at other tweets. I didn't say that about everybody else. I didn't say that about a whole bunch of receivers. So I, I, I pick and choose. And I do it for a reason. I pick and choose because I don't want to be the Skip Bayless or one of these other guys who just say these guys are great. Like he said, like Baker Mayfield was going to be better than Cam Newton. Like, what? What are you thinking? <laughs> He said Baker. Oh, and then he said uh, Josh Rosen was going to be better than uh, I forgot than Lamar Jackson. That's what it was. He was like Lamar Jackson is not better than Josh Rosen, or and I forgot the other name he said. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, but anyway, it, it was great to have uh, KJ Osborne talked about by Coach Mo. That was unexpected. I forgot about the Buffalo connection. You actually pointed that out to me. Um, I was just getting mowing because I know me. You're like, oh, did he coach KJ Osborne? I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I didn't even think about that. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. This is the Ron Johnson Show, Locked On Sports Minnesota. We want to thank you guys for continuing to like, share, download. And remember, iHeartMedia, Spotify, iTunes. You can get your wherever you get your podcast. Just just like it, share it, and follow. Please subscribe because subscribers are huge to us. It, it makes a big difference in how our platform works. Please subscribe and then tell your friends about it. Like if you're looking for a show, just listen to it every once in a while and get some sports takes about Minnesota sports, NFC North, uh, maybe a little bit of national news. Please jump on the Locked On Sports Minnesota. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Mexham. We want to thank you guys and have a great day.